All right, it's best bets time. We'll head down to Melbourne. Blanks, what have you found for us? Yeah, best bet for me this weekend is um, at Sunny Sandown. Good to see racing at Sandown on a Saturday. Punter's track. And I have found in the staying race, which is the second race on the card, P-Pain sleeves up Billy Egan and the Tasmanian Derby winner, the nephew, who bumped right into one last time. So he won the Tasmanian Derby. He's been up. He basically just had a, a blowout run on the hillside here. Over 1,800, set it way too far back, as is tradition. And did it again last start, way too far back, up to 2,100 on the lakeside, but his splits were great. Uh, he just bumped right into one in Detonator Jack, and he bumps into nothing like Detonator Jack this time. There's, I must say, of the 10 in it, eight of them were in the frame last start, and fifth and sixth the other two. So he finds horses racing really well, but he finds nothing going anywhere beyond this this lot in life, if you like. They'll be swimming in this pool forever, whereas he's some sort of chance of getting out of it and getting into a bigger pool. Um, and he, he bumped into one who's absolutely going towards a bigger pool in Detonator Jack. Last time out, his splits were great. He was no match for the winner, but he should have beaten the rest by further. Draws barrier one. Yeah. He draws barrier one and he's... Um, I yeah. mean, surely they'll they'll make some use of him, right? Yeah, second last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's all aboard the pain train. You know what you you know what you're gonna get, but if we see Billy jump into the saddle with his sleeves up, we'll know we're on here. Game face on. Game face on. Um, and I think he does get a nice he does get a nice pace to run at. So hopefully they can um, use that barrier to some extent, hold onto their tails and and get the get the chance to to use him a bit because I think if they do and and they get the best out of him, what he showed in in that sort of closing speed. Last start says that he's a horse that is better than this grade and better than what's up against him here, which is all because they're all coming off pretty good runs as well. I feel like you've this there's a lot of cards face up here, so you you've got a really good look numbers wise at, at what it is he has to run at because they're all running. You know, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of surprises hiding here. So we know what he's running at, and I think he's um he's one of those horses. There's, sure, there's a, a a big query there, the map, but you know what it is and. If it wasn't a query, gee, you could mark him short. So, yeah, I, I I love to have bets where there's some sort of possibility that it's not just a you know slider. It, it's a chance that's a big edge, four forty about a horse like that. So, um, I'm happy to play it. You love knowing when the market is against you and what's it for. Yeah, oh, you, you love to see the the big negative. You won't know them all. There'll be some hidden there, but if you've got the big one, you know what you're betting against and whether or not you're comfortable betting against that, which is always, you know, you don't have to know precisely why all of that might be bigger than where you might price it, but it's nice to know some of it with a fair bit of confidence anyway, as confident as you can be. I can't let you go without mentioning Morville Race 4. We mentioned this horse on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We did, and I haven't seen you this up and about, about one off a debut in Australia in a while. This happens on a regular basis in the UK, but this certainly created a bit of debate in the office. Six to four about a horse off a maiden, going to a stakes race, inside two to one. I've looked at backing horses last start maiden winners, inside two to one of the next start, you're going to lose. You'll make money laying those horses, but you've got to treat horses in isolation and you think you've found a group horse here. 
I think so. Elation. And I even better, I think the horse that's the market pushes up at the front of the market with him is anything but. One by a space last start, but was length slower than Zoist. And ran evenly. Elation's sectional was... I had a quick look to prove this point. So since February, they've raced every Thursday night at Pakenham. And there's been some good form come off there. Plenty of city winners. Um, they're all over basically the same trip. Wipeout, they think there was 2,000 metre races from the shoot. They're a different shape of race. So we can get rid of the 1,000 metre races. But all the other races, 849 runners. Median ability, 70 or 69 and a lot. So that's about the level of horse. None of them have run the split that Elation ran. Now that's obviously a, a sectional is a function of the you know, energy use before that section, but the time wasn't too bad. The time was about as good as most of these horses are running, if not a little bit better than the, the typical time, sorry, in time figures in the 80s. He's burst home way, 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 way faster than 848 others who have tried. The closest to him is Don Diego. Useful? No, nice horse. Yeah, nice horse. Better than him, he's done it on Dubu. There's genuine, there's genuine talent there. That's a, a big closing burst, and to do that first time out. He's got a big profile underneath him as well because he's from a deep family. So you think Pontiana, which makes him a brother to inference. Yeah, that's, you know, sounds like a horse. Looks like a horse. It's not a zebra. That's a good horse. Defining is um, very easy to bet against. So you say, you, you know, let's make hard rules. Oh, you can't back horses off maidens. Well, all those spots that, you know, if I just want to back Tony and Calvin McAvoy horses, that's a losing spot. But I'm not going to not back any of those because it's a losing spot because there are certain ones that aren't. If you say, oh, backing horses off maiden wins is a losing spot, well, that's all well and good. But what about when you back horses that are the quickest home out of 850 and everything else says this is a superstar? Well, not superstar, but a group horse. Those maidens are different to every maiden. So that's a stupid filter. And this one will blow it to pieces. I was hoping he would say it, but he didn't. I asked him how short he could mark this horse, and he said you can mark him at $1.40. I think I said $1.33. $1.33. There you go. So chips in race four, number two, Elation. He's dragged in the Saturday multi boys, the gun, the dispenser. They're looking for a winner. You've pulled him into this. And I said to Blanks, I already know what's going to happen. So you're going to take, there's 250 at the moment. You'll probably get two to one, maybe, if you're lucky, on the day. Be nice. We're going to take two to one to beat Defining on Saturday. He's going to get beat. He's then going to probably go on and win a group one. And we're going to look back on this day <laughs> and say, remember that time we got two to one to beat Defining? This is how racing works. Everyone who bets knows this happens. You always seem to get the superstars beat early in their career. And then they go on to be unbelievable. Yeah. We're not saying he's going to do that, but... You're back weekend hustler at sale. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and you got beat. You got beat. So anyway, well, very interesting to see how this shapes up because, yeah, from a sectional perspective, these horses don't come along very often and this one was a massive flashing light at Pakenham. So market new as well, $1.40. Let's see how it goes. Best bet for me is come up in the guineas. There was two to one bet about Mr. Mozart. It held there pretty much all yesterday afternoon and then I saw Brad Davidson tip it up as one of his plays and generally when that happens, especially early in the week, those prices hemorrhage and it's into 220 now so I can't really say that, you know, that's a great bet. The edge was certainly when you're getting $3 but he looks extremely well placed. He was a surprise winner of the file out from a market perspective. We touched on that race. It worked out to be a really good form reference. The four best last 200s of the day came in that race and then he franked it when he went to Newcastle, beat subsequent winner, our playboy. 
Bob jumps off the page. Pike leads. Coast Watch comes out. There's no speed. He should lead and just win. So 220 is getting in short enough, but certainly looks one of the hardest to beat there on the weekend. If you say he should just win, that implies odds on, doesn't it? Yeah, I've marked him odds on. Oh, so what are you worried about 220 for? Oh, well, it looks so much better when you mark them odds on and they're $3. <laughs> and then the other one for me, she's been painful, uh, Brooksbeer, but she should have won first up last prep, awesome second up. I think a massive, massive switch with J-Mac on. And there looks to be speed drawn in and around her, which means she gets the trail. A few times last prep, just got dictated barriers, didn't quite work out for her, but I think she's pretty well placed in this. Chris Waller generally does target this meeting and I think she gets the right run. To be fair, Chris Waller's got 38,000 horses he targets every meeting. (laughs) But the fact she's held her back for this. So she's first up and then she'll go to Brisbane, I'd imagine, off the back of this. But expect her to be hard to beat. Hard thing for Saturday. If you saw my tweet last week, Hawkesbury form just never works out. So you can put this whole meeting in the bin going forward, but hopefully we can find a winner there on the weekend.